We're going to be in John chapter 8 this morning. We're continuing in our doctrinal series. John chapter 8, we're going to be in verses 31 through 47. Uh, Let me encourage you to go ahead and turn there. In this series, we've We've highlighted doctrines of God in, in his identity, and, and we've begun to speak about his revelation of himself through his activity, like his creation of all things, including us being created in his image. At every point along the way, and this will be true of the rest of our series, the rest of our study, at every point we are rooting these, we are founding these, drawing these out of God's word. And there's a reason for that, because his word is truth. Because it is the word that works. We, we believe that there's power in his word. That, that to live in accordance with it is God's intent for our lives. We need to know his word. It's true and so it's trustworthy. That, that's the focus of our study this morning. But before we jump into it, before we go there, I just want to read something for you. I, I've not done this for each sermon in this series. And I, I probably won't do it for every sermon in our series. But... But because the Bible is so central to everything about who we are and what we do here as a church, I thought it would be helpful to start this morning just with the reading of the opening paragraphs out of the statement of faith that, that we all agree to as we come and join this as members, uh, this church as members. And, and so here's what it says. Our standard for truth is God's holy word. The Bible is a source and standard by which all beliefs, experiences, and practices must be measured interpreted and understood. In declaring our trust in God's word, we recognize that there are many positions within Orthodox Christianity which can be debated or discussed. However, the essential doctrines of the Christian faith allow no room for discussion or debate. It is on these foundational doctrines that the kingdom of God has been built, continues to grow today, and which form our lines of demarcation as a part of that kingdom. So it goes on then, the statement of faith goes on to define Numerous different perspectives that we would consider essential. That, that, that w- within the realm of orthodoxy, within the realm of Christianity, there are a lot of debates that have been happening ever since Jesus has been here. That's, that, that's a given. That's where we're at. But, but these truths that we're going over, that we say we unite around, are so main, so plain, so clear that we would suggest they are essential to believe that that's what makes us different, makes us distinct in the world. It, it, we, we don't like division. We don't like controversy. That, that, that's a, we, we live in a world that's, that, that doesn't look for confrontation, seeks to avoid it at all costs. Well, most of us do. Some of you like confrontation. We can talk about that another day. But most of us seek to avoid it. But here's the reality. When we are united in God's truth, we are divided from the rest of the world. There's no way around that. You will either be with God or against him. You will either be with the world or against it. There's no, there's no middle ground. We don't get to straddle this fence. We're either in alignment with truth or we are believing lies. Let me go ahead and give you this, the point for the day, then we'll jump into the text. It is, we believe God's word is truth because God is true. God knows truth. And God acts in accordance with truth. We believe God's word is truth because God is truth. God knows truth. And God acts in accordance with truth. And so, because his word is truth, his word is the word that works, let me encourage you to look at your Bible, follow along, read along. Don't depend on me. While I hope I am helpful in your understanding of truth, I'm not truth. His word is truth. Listen to what I say in light of what the scripture says. 
you will be better for it, I guarantee. John 8, 31 through 47, it says this. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? Is it because you cannot bear to hear my word? You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? I tell you the truth. Why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Let's pray. Father... I thank you, we thank you for your word. Thank you that, that you have given us this objective perspective, this, this truth that, that, that establishes truth in a world that is unstable and uncertain and filled with lies under the influence of the father of all lies. Would you use it today? Would you shape our hearts by it? Would you work in this moment? Spirit, lead us into truth, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. There's so many things we can learn from this passage, so many things to look at um, that, that uh, honestly, uh, we, we could spend really two or three weeks really just dissecting different things here. But I, I, I just want to highlight some stuff before we move forward. Uh, and the thing that I want you to see is lies being confronted with truth. Over and over, Jesus confronts the lies that these people believe with the truth that he's here to profess. Verse 31, right off the bat, Jesus is talking to the people who's, who, in fact, it says, John says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him. It sounds as if these people are his disciples, or it sounds as if they're his followers, and yet now he's going to confront them over the rest of the passage to show them that they're not truly following him, that they're not truly believing in him, that they've, oh, maybe they've verbally affirmed what he said is true. It comes immediately in the context of he's just taught them that he's the light of the world, and maybe they nodded assent. Maybe they said, maybe they said, amen, we really appreciate that, you know. And, and, and then he's going to show them the truth. You, you're not who you say you are. 
Your, your, your belief is, is, it's a said faith. It's not a true saving faith. He's going to confront their lie with his truth. Verse 32 through 36. These Jews, they believe that they're already free. Hey, we're Abraham's children. We've never been enslaved to anyone. He says, no, you're a slave right now to sin. His truth confronts their lie. Verse 37 to 41, they believe they are Abraham's children. And in one sense, Jesus agrees with them. In verse 37, he says, I know you're his offspring. But then he turns around and says, you're not Abraham's children. You know how I know you're not Abraham's children? Look at what you're doing. Your activity, your actions. You would be doing what Abraham did. Abraham believed and it was shown in his, in his activity. No, you're not Abraham's children. You're seeking to kill me. Abraham's not your father. You, you, you have a different father, Jesus says. In verses 40, 41 through 44, they believe they're children of God. Not, not only are they claiming lineage to Abraham, not only are they claiming to, to be connected to Abraham, they're claiming to be connected to God. They're clinging to some tradition. They're clinging to their own religious activity. They believe they're children of God. Jesus tells them, no, you're children of the devil. There's not a lot of mincing of words going on here, right? It's pretty straightforward. Now, I don't know how you would respond. I mean, Jesus walks up to you and says, hey, you're a child of the devil. That's going to hit pretty hard. It's not what we want to hear. But he confronts their, their, their lie with his truth. And, and, and instead of just accepting what they say, and, and instead of hearing it, and saying, oh, that's true, Jesus, Jesus tells them they were believing lies, continuing to believe in their, believe their lies, and it became evident in their actions. He, he tells them that they're, 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 they're more, convic- or, or, or more, um, uh, more, more trusting in their traditions and in their genealogy than in truth. They, they'd rather have their own perspective than, um, than to hear from him. This has caused a, a major problem for them. Because instead of being united with God, instead of being free as, if they, as they thought they were, instead of standing on truth as they thought they were, these, these people were, they were believing lies, bound in sin, enslaved to sin, and related to the devil. So this, this is a problem. It's not just a problem for them, it's a problem for every single one of us. This is the place we all live. This is, a, this is a common problem to mankind. And that's why Paul, when he starts out, opens the book of Romans, he, he lays out the root problem that we have. He establishes the reason for God's wrath. He, he establishes the need for the gospel. And he writes this, Romans 1, 24 through 25. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged, listen, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Paul makes clear, this isn't just a Jewish person listening to Jesus in this context problem. This is a mankind problem. We have a worship problem because we have a truth problem we are more inclined to believe a lie in our nature in our flesh we're more inclined to believe a lie than the truth back in our passage from john 8 specifically verse 44 jesus calls out 
The, the devil, he says, he's the father of all lies. He always lies, and it's from his character. He's the father of all lies. He's the one who introduced lies into the created order. He's the one that brought lying. That's what we studied over the last couple of weeks. God created, and he saw everything was good. In fact, when he finished his creation, he saw that it was very good. It was exactly as he intended. It was exactly what he had created it to be. And obviously, we're not there. What happened? Genesis 3 happened. The serpent enters the garden. The devil enters the garden. And he begins to entice Eve, tempt Eve to eat the fruit that God had told them not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And she falls for it. She believes his lie. She believes the devil's lie over God's truth. Genesis 3, 6 tells us how it happens. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. Now, I don't know what it would be like in the world today if it had stopped there, if that was the end of that verse, but it's not the end of that verse. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. She believed the devil's lies. She, she bought into the fact that, oh, you, you're not really going to die. You, you'll be like God. She believed the devil's lie. And her husband believed the lie. And he ate the fruit with her. And here we are. A people who are more deceived than we even really know. At the heart of every one of our struggles. Don't, don't, don't dismiss this. At the heart of every one of our struggles. At the heart of every bit of pain and suffering that we deal with. Is the reality that we have worshipped the wrong God. Because we have believed a lie. Generations later, still going on, still happening. And if you don't think it's true, I mean, we can, we can, we can prove it's true in just a really simple way. And think about the picture of the duck and the rabbit. Remember the picture? What is it? Duck or a rabbit? Well, I don't know. It's a duck. No, it's a rabbit. It's really both. The truth is it's both, Right? They drew it that way on purpose to, to mess with you. They knew what they were doing. You're easily deceived. How about this, the, the gray bar? There's a, a gray bar, a picture of a gray bar that's laid on a, 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 a gradient background. And you know what, what's true about that gray bar? That gray bar is a solid color. But I can guarantee you, you won't be able to convince your brain, unless maybe you're colorblind and that has worked in your favor in this one instant. I don't know if that really works in this instant or not, but... If you're colorblind, you can let me know. You won't be able to convince your brain without getting that gradient background off of there. That gray bar is one solid color. You are easily deceived. Hey, so am I. I see a gradient bar as well. How about the lady with the zebra legs? You ever seen this picture? Man, it's shocking at first, isn't it? This is, what, this is the only good that comes out of Facebook, right? Like this is literally the kind of stuff that's worth looking at on Facebook. Man, you just look at that for just... And it even takes a little bit to even see your leg. You see your leg, right? Like, I mean, you can find it. 
And it's not the zebra legs, in case you're wondering. It's not, those not really true. How about the guy with the really big backpack? Hmm. Man, that's a big backpack. How do you get that out there? It's not true. We're, we're easily deceived. How about, how about these street artists? Have you seen the street artists that do the, the 3D art that it, it just will make you believe what's not really there is really there? Just a little bit of trick of shading and using light and, and 3D fixtures that are actually really there. They can make you believe that things are not what they really are. This is really meaningless. This is simple stuff, right? Like, this doesn't really have a lot of large impact on our life. But it proves the point. We're easily deceived. We, we can be made to believe some, some things that aren't true. In fact, I think it's in our nature, in our old nature, apart from Christ, in our flesh, just natural to who we are as, as, as offspring of Adam and Eve... It's in our nature to live in deception, to be deceived. If we're ever going to know the truth, we need an objective record. We need a source of truth that, that is true, that's trustworthy. God knew this, and he provided it for us in his word. God speaks truth, period. There's not an exception. There's not a if he feels like it. There's not, not some way to describe it later. What he says is true. We believe God's word is truth because God is true. God knows truth and God acts in accordance with truth. Instead of depending on our own feelings about a particular subject. Well, that's kind of offensive to me. That really bothers me a little bit. I don't like that one. We trust God's word is truth. Instead of depending on our own logic to discern truth... One plus one plus one is one. God is one, but God is three. It's logically beyond me. But instead of determining things based on my own logic, on my own ability to discern truth, we trust God's word is truth. Instead of depending on how we see things from our perspective, even, even if we can convince other people to join us and and, and, and appreciate our perspective with us. We, we trust God's word is true. Just because you have a, multi, a, 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 a majority thinking something doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it true. God is always true. Instead of trusting our traditions. This is a tough one for some of us. We, we, we grew up a certain way. We, we grew up under a certain denominational teaching. We grew up with some denominational perspective. We lay these things down in favor of God's truth revealed in God's word. You, you realize that's what the whole Reformation was about, right? Like, uh, in, 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 that's why we had the Reformation was because the Roman Catholic Church had begun to teach heretical doctrines not suggesting that there's not Christians inside the Roman Catholic Church. I'm just suggesting that the doctrines that the church holds are heretical, many of them. And so they began the Reformation. Well, what they found was it wasn't just the teaching of, of um, 
buying favor from the Pope. There was all kinds of things wrong within the teaching of the Roman Catholic Church. All kind of heresy had developed. So they, so they begin to reform. And, and the idea of reforming is going back to the truth, going back to the essentials of the gospel, going back to the essentials of the, of the scripture. And one of the, one of the phrases that came out of the Reformation was sola scriptura. Scripture alone. It's not my feeling. It's not my emotion. It's not, it's, it's not my tradition. It's not my, it's not my perspective. It's not my logic. It's God's worth that brings truth. If you hold a doctrine that's, that's traditionally only Southern Baptist and everybody else disagrees about it, it's okay if you hold it as long as you can see it in the Scripture, but you must be willing to engage with others in Christianity about it. In fact, you realize Southern Baptists have, or, or even, let's, let's say, Southern Baptists, Assembly of God, BBFI, I, I can't, I'm trying to think of all the different denominations that might be represented here. In this group of people, you recognize that they're all kind of new to the game. If it's not stated here, clear and plain, you can find it here, and we can talk about it and discuss it like Calvinism and Arminianism. We could talk about it. Pado baptism or credo baptism, we could talk about it. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, God in flesh, who dwelt among us. That's truth. That's an essential. That's where we're at. Homosexuality is not the unforgivable sin, but it is sin. That's truth. It's not not up for debate. But it's not just homosexuality. Sexual immorality. Whether you're by yourself... Or with an unmarried person, with a married person, and you're not married to them, or someone of the same sex, it's sin. You you recognize not faithfully paying your taxes is called out in the scripture as sin. It's sin. Disobeying your parents' children, disobeying your parents, you're not sinning against your parents. You're sinning against God. It's sin. That's truth. It's, un, it's inconvenient at times. <laughs> it's uncomfortable to consider at times. But it's not a tradition. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. And definitely, it's not us running around speaking our truth. You heard that phrase lately? Man, it seems like it's everywhere. You go ahead and speak your truth. If it's not in line with God's word, you're probably speaking a lie. Jesus has shown these Jewish people that. Oh, they were speaking their truth, all right. We're of Abraham. Now you're a liar. In fact, you're, you're of the devil. How could that be? See, he shows us lies, lies enslave us. They don't, they don't free us. They don't, they don't enable us to enjoy life better. They, they, they enslave us. The truth conforms us. It unites us to God. Lies bind us to the devil. It's not always an easy process. It's not always a comfortable process. It's not always something that we enjoy doing. But the fruit that comes from it is joyous. It's worth it. It's beneficial to us. It's life-giving. It's freeing, if you will. Jesus says, it will set you free. 
But we've got to displace all the lies that we've believed with the truth that God has spoken. Well, why would we believe God? I mean, if we're surrounded by liars, who do we believe? God. God. Based on his nature alone, he is trustworthy. Wayne Grudem highlights this in his systematic theology. He writes, God's truthfulness means that he is the true God. And that all his knowledge and his words are both true and the final standard of truth. We trust God because of who he is, because of his very nature. Essential to his identity is his truthfulness. If he ever lies, he ceases to be God. But since he's never lied, he's God. He will always trump He will always outweigh, his words will always outweigh, have more power, more presence, more truth, because they are truth. They are the very standard of truth, because God is true. God is true. The Bible, 1 Thessalonians 1.9 says, For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, And how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. These are Paul's words. He's talking about the God that is true in contrast to the gods that are false. This is not just a true truth that's applied to God in general, in in a general sense. This is part of how we would continue to develop the Trinitarian doctrine. Specifically, it gets applied to the Son and the Spirit at different places in the Scripture. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If Jesus is the truth, he must also be considered the truth, right? This is the true God. John 5, 1 John 5, 6. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and the blood and the Spirit. And the Spirit is the one who testifies. This is the Holy Spirit. is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. Our God is the standard of truth because He is true. He is the true God. We could come at this in a couple of different ways as in genuine. He's the genuine God in, 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 in contrast to fake or false gods that we have crea- gods that we've created in our own image. Right? The things that make us feel good. The the things that obey us. The the gods that do as we say. Well, he's really God. The God who created you in his image is really God. He's not fake. He's the God who spoke all things into existence. He is the God who does, does all things according to the counsel of his own will. That's Ephesians 1. He is the almighty God from, from for whom nothing is too difficult. That's Jeremiah 32, 27. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Revelation 1, 8. He is the God. He is God and there is no other. Isaiah 45, 5. This God that speaks truth is the genuine God. Every other God falls down and, and, and finds itself unable, incapable, impotent in the presence of this true God. He is the true God. But he's not just genuine. He is absolutely God. It's not just that he is genuine or genuine as if in his real gold or real God. He is absolutely God at all times and in every 
way. He is not relative, sometimes being more God than other times. He doesn't cease to be God on some days of the week. He is God every day. He is not derived from other, some other source in, in creation. He is the source. So you know that there's, there's people who would seek to de- define or, or um, explain how God came to be and our perspective of God has developed in time. And they take stories from all kinds of other, um, all kinds of other cultures and they say, this is how the Christian God was developed. No, he's not derived. Everything finds its, its source in him. Everything is derived from him. He is not dependent upon us to be God. He just simply is God. In fact, if your God depends upon you, that's a pretty sad God. He is not bound in time, nor is he temporary in any way. He does not shift and he does not change. He has always been and will always be what he is right now. This is the genuine and absolute God. God is true. He is God. And because he is, because he is this God that he's revealed himself to be, he knows truth. God knows truth. Jesus affirms this in John 8. Where did he come teaching truth from? God, from the Father. I got it from God. I came to tell you the things that God had told me. This is where it comes from. God knows truth. We can be deceived. I've already shown that to you for the simple little illustrations. Just imagine the big things that we get deceived over. God's never deceived. He's always able to discern what's truth. His knowledge is complete. It's perfect. We have to learn. We have to learn what's true and what's not. His knowledge is perfect. He will never have to learn a thing. Just imagine that. What it would be like to just know everything. Google would cease to exist. We wouldn't need it. Like right now, I, I, I say a lot. We're, we're walking along, talking about something. I say, well, we don't have to wonder. Let's just look it up. Google it. In fact, I was, I was thinking about this the other day. I, our Africa team was preparing and getting ready, and it's been on my mind. And it was the craziest thing I ever heard while we were in Senegal in our, in our villages. Because when you go to these villages, you'll, you'll, you'll know. They're, I mean, they're primitive. They're out in the middle of nowhere. And one of our translators, we're, she's from there. We're driving down the road in a van towards the village, and we say something, and she's like, well, just Google it. You do that here? <laughs> like, <laughs> really? You don't have internet almost anywhere. But his knowledge is complete. He doesn't need Google. He, he always knows what is truth, what is a lie. He, he's never mistaken. He's never had a misunderstanding. Now, people have misunderstood him because they come from a framework of lies. But he's never mistaken. He's never misunderstood. He's never had a wrong impression. He knows truth. In Romans 12, too, Paul, Paul, Paul calls us to be transformed by the renewal of your mind, to no longer be conformed to the world, to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You know why he's calling us to be, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind? He's, he's calling us to, to come away from the lies that we have believed so that we can know what God knows, so that we can think what God thinks. He wants our thoughts to be in line with God's thoughts. Because God's thoughts are always true. He wants our knowledge to be conformed to God's knowledge because we have been deceived. We've lived in a world fraught, filled with lies. And he wants our our minds renewed with truth. We find that in the scripture. God knows. And he speaks truth. 
Uh, I appreciated this, this idea from, from John Frame, another systematic theologian, another theologian who wrote a systematic theology. He writes, speech is the content of God's knowledge. And truth is the internal standard that governs God's speech. See, God knows truth, what God knows at all. And he, he speaks to us and he informs us. He teaches us. And, and truth is the, is the internal standard. That's the, that's the standard. So what God says is always true because his nature is true. And so here we are calling one another to believe. To stand in faith on this reality. Our standard for truth is God's holy word. The Bible is the source and standard by which all beliefs, experiences, and practices must be measured, interpreted, and understood. It's God's true identity that, that, that enables us to understand his true identity and his knowledge of truth. That help us to stand so firmly, to stand so confidently on this. But it doesn't end there. God, God knows. And God is true. God knows truth. But God also acts in accordance with truth. Imagine someone who says, Oh, yeah, I know truth. And then they act some other way than in accordance with their truth. I mean, just think about that. Someone says one thing and then does another. It, it's not hard to imagine, is it? But you probably know people like this. Maybe you are from time to time a person like this. The Jews were these people. Oh, we're of Abraham. No, you're not. You're of the devil. Oh, we're free. No, you're not. You're a slave. They're hypocrites. Jesus would tell them that. You've heard the old saying, actions speak louder than words, right? Like, there's a reality. If if your actions aren't in line with your words, it's, it's a demonstration. You don't really believe what you say. You don't really believe the words you say are true. That's why you, why you act a different way. And, and what we see God doing always is acting in accordance with the truth. As Moses came up, led the Israelites up out of the Red Sea and, and uh, led them through the desert over and over, they're rebellious, God's faithful. And in Deuteronomy, just as he's about to hand off, he's handing off leadership to, to um, Jake, Jacob. Gosh, the name is escaping me. Sorry, it's a J name, Jacob. I feel Jacob, right? Sure. Look it up. See, that's why you gotta look at the world. You gotta look at the Bible. He's about to hand off his 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 leadership of Israel. <clears throat> and he begins to sing this song. Deuteronomy 32, 4 is one of the one of the phrases in this song. He says this the rock, his work is perfect. Obviously, the rock is God. His work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. He always acts in accordance with truth. If he didn't, then we'd find he's not believable. But because he does, we can trust him. Because God is truly God, because God knows truth, and because God always acts in accordance with truth, we can believe his word is true. In fact, I would stake everything on this. I've given my life to the pursuit of knowing it, understanding it, and seeing my life conform to it. And I feel like at times I've felt like I've had to give things up. And I find out that I've not really given anything up, but I've only gained more of him. I find out at times, in fact, even this morning, I'm facing temptation in my own heart and tension in my own heart. 
and I'm feeling conviction. And I get to stand here in the presence of his people and talk about his truth and be encouraged that there is no better way, no better plan, no better purpose for my life than to see it conformed to his truth. So brother and sister, I love you enough to tell you, stake your whole life on this. God is true. He knows truth. He always acts in accordance with truth. So you hear his word and you live in accordance with his word in Christ. In Christ, we find God's truth that's, that frees us from all the lies we have believed. This is what's our opportunity here this morning as we look at these words, as we pay attention to these words. Jesus isn't just simply confronting them with their lies. He's con- he, simply so he can. He, he's confronting their lies with truth so that they might hear. So that they can respond. Will we? Will, will you? So the call is over and over and over again in the Christian life. The call is to repent and believe. Repent, the, 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 the Greek word that's used there is, is literally, it, it means change your mind. Now that change of mind should be so real that it leads to a change of action so that we do turn from sin. But let me just get you to think. In, in, in light of what we're talking about, think of repentance as to quit believing the lies you have believed. Ha- having the right amount of money in the bank is not going to give you security. It will not make you safe in this world. Ha- having the right relationship in your life will not bring you joy. Well, uh, let me say that again. Having the right relationship in your life <laughs> You get a wife, you get a, you, you, you get a husband, you get a spouse, you, you have the right number of kids. That's not going to be the foundation of your joy. There's lots of people who have spouses, who have kids, and who are absolutely miserable. In fact, they're probably more miserable if they thought that those things were going to make them joyous and they didn't. You get enough people to like you, you find acceptance, you become the chameleon that, that runs around and is friends with everybody and nobody dislikes and everybody... That's not going to make you happy. It's a burden. To try to be one thing in front of one group of people, another thing in front of another group of people, another thing in front of another group of people, never be able to share your own opinion, not to feel confident enough in anything that you live a lie every day of your life. Quit believing that lie. Repent. You will never be good enough to get to heaven. You are a sinner who deserves God's wrath. But in Christ, we find God's truth that frees us from all the lies we have believed. See, we don't have to be crushed by that lie. Because the truth is, in Christ, he makes you new. What the, the, the person who was a child of the devil becomes a child of God in truth. A, a, a person who was 
who, who was maybe in the line of some important person in history, is spiritually moved to the line of Abraham. He is the father of our faith. And the same promises made to him in Christ are ours to claim. In Christ. Believe that truth. In Christ. You have all the acceptance you will ever need. He looks at you in himself and he is pleased. In Christ, you don't have to have control because he is in control. In Christ, there's no need to save yourself anymore because he died in your place for your sin so that you would have access to God and acceptance from God. Repent. Quit believing the lies that you've believed. Read and study his word and you believe the truth. You will be better for it. Let's pray.